to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the block. Uh, unfortunately, Strick's got uh, some quick business to attend to, but he's uh, planning on returning for hitting the hardwood segment. Uh, the NBA is very interesting, so we'll get back to the NBA playoffs here in a second. Uh, Nate Brennan, of course, of the Ticket Water Cooler, our producer here on the block, jumping in studio. Uh, to continue our hypothetical question, we were asking if Nebraska has a solid year this year, like eight wins. Uh, does that restore your faith in Scott Frost? So uh, uh, it, it turned, it went from that to some more hypotheticals. So we'll kind of read what you guys had to say on the text line. Uh, Sandman says, "Oh hell yeah, on the Frost train, on the Frost train, baby, <laughs> woo woo!" So uh, oh, he's yeah. uh, pretty excited. <laughs> I, I, any any sort of small. Um, victory is a big victory for Sandman, and, and we'll get going with Frost. Uh, Space Cadet says, "Do you think Whipple is wanting to make a run for Addison uh, transfer from Pitt? If you would, uh, if so, would you guys be okay with that addition?" Um, that's interesting because uh, I, I you haven't heard anything about it. Obviously, the connection is is obvious; it's there. Um, there are huge programs with uh, seemingly large bags of money being tossed at Jordan Addison. Um, it would definitely, I mean, he's one of the, he's projected to be maybe a top 10, top 15 pick in the next year's NFL draft. It would definitely be, I'd be okay with it. It would, uh, you no longer tampering, right? I mean, he's, uh, he's in the portal. I mean, guess technically it isn't tamper. Again, th- th- this is the way I look at that situation. I can like the outcome, but still think that it's morally wrong. Right. And I, and I just think it's morally wrong. I think the Pittsburgh, Pat Narduzzi is correct. He is the one that's getting screwed in this situation. Mm-hmm. Because you shouldn't have to be recruiting guys that are already on your team. Would I want him at Nebraska? Yes, obviously. I would be absolutely ecstatic. It would be a complete game changer. Right. If somehow in a span of two, three weeks, you can get O'Shawn Mathis and Jordan Addison, look, eight wins should not only be attainable, it should be the expectation for crying out loud. Yeah. But I just, I, I don't know. I've seen there's some rumors that Texas is throwing him a lot of money, USC throwing him a lot of money. I'm assuming Nebraska had to throw O'Shawn Mathis a decent amount of money to come here as well. So I don't know if the, the monetary, the numbers would come come to a solution, a resolution. But Listen, hey, if Nebraska got Jordan Addison, Nebraska would be the new villain of the NIL. I mean, because that would Absolutely. be pretty obvious what's going on there. Um, so that would be intriguing. I mean, I'd, I'd buy all in. I mean, you have eyes on Nebraska uh, once again. You haven't had a first-round pick since Prince of Mukamari. He's a proven Blitnikoff Award winner. Um, all that stuff goes into play to say he'd be the best player basically Nebraska's had since then. Um, Probably, and so yeah. it's just, you know, absolutely. You, you take him, um, but you'd have to take the villain role as well. I'd be okay with it. I, You know, it, it is, I think during this gap, and some people, like like you said, you don't like the tampering part. You don't like the fact that Pat Narduzzi, um work this kid up to his current level and now he's going to lose him. I understand that. Um, but there is this small window here, it seemingly, um, where you can kind of take advantage of the situation before the guardrails get set up. And, and maybe uh, it would be great if Nebraska is a victory as is a victor in one of those. And I yeah. think that they to a degree are, I mean, already, but uh, not to the high level that maybe USC is uh, or some of these other teams winning the transfer portal. Uh, we'll just, uh, yeah, go ahead and go grab that call. Let's go to Messer here is on, uh, on uh, continuing with the starter. I mean, text line says the length of head coach's contract 
contract does play into recruiting stability, though. And so uh, we were kind of talking about if he if if Scott Frost went out and had a 10-11 win season, do you sign him to a longer contract? And I, I do agree. I think regardless of what happens, you at least extend him for the length of the contract to try to say he's going to be here. Um, that does increase the buyout. Um, but I don't think this year you can kind of be in that uh, situation where you're like, well, you know, we'll see again next year. I mean, that's kind of where you're at, at now. That's where it's been the last couple of years. Um, you've got to eventually come to a conclusion of, is this guy going to be the guy? Uh, and is it heading in the right direction? This is offensive coordinator number three uh, for Scott Frost and his offense. And there's a, there's a, there's a, a thin line Nebraska has to run through of doing what I just said is, is getting to your conclusion on your idea about Scott Frost and giving Mark Whipple enough time to work this offense in. You don't, you don't just want to give it a half-baked, um, half-a-season type of, of idea of what's going on. Though, if it is as destructful and as uh, much of a mess <laughs> as um, the situation we had with Mike Riley and his defensive coordinator, Bob Diaco, that he brought in, it didn't take a half-a-season, and you didn't need to give him more time. It was it was just at that, at that point, and that might be the case, too. I mean, if this season starts disastrous... Um, I think the writing could be on the wall regardless of the new assistance that you bring in. Maybe there'd be more hope and upside in that situation than the Riley situation. They, they get it turned around. The other thing is there's not an obvious Husker uh, guy rising the football ranks that's available. Zach Taylor would be that guy, but that, 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 would, that would, that's not coming to Nebraska that he's anytime in, soon. No, absolutely yeah. not. Um, so, you know, that kind of pressure was there for the Mike Riley situation. Wouldn't necessarily be there uh, for this Nebraska one. Dusty says, if they get 11 wins this year, I'll become a Virginia Tech fan also for hey, NATO. Hey, so. shout out Dusty. There you go. It'll be, look, it'll be much sooner that Nebraska wins 11 games than Virginia Tech, Dusty. So it's a long road ahead if you become a Hokie fan. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't start cheering for two programs that are stuck in the mud. <laughs> uh, it uh, is. Uh, let's see. Another text in here said it puts faith in Trev Alberts uh, and puts faith in the coaching additions. Not necessarily Frost. He just is the face to take the credit. Um, so kind of interesting. Um, you know, Trev Alberts is is definitely as maybe can become the face of the program that you needed when they switched him from Bill Moose. I, I kind of thought that, um, and it wasn't necessarily a, a dominating thought coming out of it, but is um, if there's going to be somebody that lets your brother go, it's at least another. Absolutely. It's, it's a, uh, an older, a bigger brother, Absolutely. and then he can, you know, you can kind of still have your Husker connection there. Um, and so that's quite interesting. Uh, Wet Blanket says, why is Jordan Addison expected to stay at Pitt, but Mark Whipple isn't? Addison can't leave for his personal game, but Whipple can. Um, that's kind of the, the ethical or moral dilemma that a lot of people are fighting through this NIL stuff. And, and that's what I, that's why I like to see Jordan Addison go out and get his money um, is because uh, Mark, Mark Whipple no. did. You know, Kenny Pickett's moving on. Not the way it happened. If he would have entered the transfer portal right when Kenny Pickett entered the draft, right when Mark Whipple left, that's one thing okay I understand the entire reason that he left is because money started getting thrown at him and tampering happened yeah that's my the issue. tampering's the problem it's just I mean that's any player issue. that wins the Blitnikoff or is returning at that level should know that they're not going to be lost in the portal like some of these other athletes are mm -hmm. and that the money would be out there waiting for them right. but I, I mean it just kind of happens to be that Jordan Addison stuck around without entering the portal uh, for the longest time there so that's kind of interesting Andrew brings up Mike Riley probably would have not had a losing record that next season if not for the changes he was made to make um 
yeah, I mean, if he's going back to Mark Banker, um, who's finally had his best year with his defense going, then he had to go to um, Bob Diaco. Um, either way, I'm not sure if Mike Riley was the answer. I, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, think that, I don't think that uh, no. program was heading the right direction. That's why they made a quick uh, a quick turnaround there. And, uh, you know, the Tanner Lee offense that year um, – it turned on when they were getting blown out, so some of the stats weren't as bad. But uh, I just, I, 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 that Mike Riley thing was never a good idea for the get go, in my opinion. Let's go to Ben here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Ben, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Oh, not I'm too bad. Well. What are your Husker thoughts for the day? I was going to say, if we do get at least eight wins this year, it doesn't really increase my faith in Frost. I think it more cements the fact that Adrian Martinez was not the right guy. As much as I liked watching him when he was playing well, um, but I just think um, having Casey Thompson and uh, some other backups is going to be the key. Plus, you know, a new offense with Whipple. Um, but I do like that Frost is willing to make changes, even though I know a lot of them were forced on him. Uh, what drove me nuts about the Pelini era was the constant not making any changes, and we were seeing the same results all the time especially, you know, where the famous stories of Levante David was really good, but he was always, quote-unquote, playing out of position. Yeah. Um, so I, w- I would much rather see guys trying and making changes than um, being stubborn and not willing to. Yeah, I suppose that uh, that comes with the territory where, yeah. Bo, you weren't in 9-10. You know, you think you're close with the guys you have. A lot of uh, a lot of talk about there. those guys yeah. being maybe yes men and not challenging Bo Pelini, but um, that's a lot easier to do than when Trepsa, you know, your AD comes in and says this is just isn't even anywhere close. Um, we need to uh, we need to work on on you know uh, an overhaul, and uh, and that's what they've done this year. But that's interesting, um, and he's kind of thinking the same way I am. I, I mean, I don't I don't know if the eight wins this year will be because of Frost. I don't necessarily know, think that they'll be because. Adrian is gone, though that might play a factor. It'll be fascinating. What I mean, it's going to be fascinating. We all talk about what if what if he wins eight games at Kansas State? Well, what if he wins, you know, four or five games at Kansas State? And it's that the same thing. They just that, can't quite get over yeah. the hump with Adrian. I mean, yeah. that, I hope that doesn't happen for him. Uh, no, and I don't either. Week. And again, I have no ill will towards Adrian whatsoever. It's just I I've said multiple multiple times it was best for both sides to move on. Like let, let's not act like it was great for Nebraska to move on. Adrian, he'd run his course at Nebraska. It, it was time for him to move on, too. Look, it was best for all parties. But the the problem that you have with Adrian Martinez is that Scott Frost put his reputation on the line multiple times for Adrian Martinez. So whether it was Adrian Martinez's fault or not, that still comes back to Scott Frost, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right. when you have that type of confidence and put your reputation on the line for quarterback, that comes back to you. So we can blame Adrian Martinez all we want, but Scott Frost still played a role in that. Yeah. So, and for what it's worth, I know it's not a, a large sample size, but we did see um, Luke McCaffrey get a shot. We did see Logan Smothers get a shot. Those <laughs> things of, didn't seem to be kind of uh, more promising than. Would you uh, call them you a shot? I, I mean, well, for Luke, it's certainly yeah, yeah, this is his chance. As a, ru- <laughs> as a running out. back, too. As a, yeah, he should <laughs> move positions like his brother. Uh, Andrew says, uh, Mike Riley won four more games uh, in in three years than Frost did in four years. Way better record than Scott Frost at Nebraska. Somehow people uh, have more belief in Scott. It's crazy. Um, that's Again, that's the hole that he dug. Again, yeah. there's differences from where they took over the program. Um, it's no in no way at this point. 
Mike Riley's fault what's happening with Scott Frost. In fact, he recruited the guys that just got drafted in the second round um, in the in, in, along with Samari Tour, you know. Uh, so uh, it's in no way that fault, but it is a different, you know, there's a, the records, uh, I suppose, from taking over there are, are kind of interesting. But still, uh, as, as Andrew points out, Mike won nine games his second year. So that's, again, if Mike Riley and Bill Callahan can win nine games at Nebraska, that's why I don't have this big oh man eight you know eight wins is just incredible at nebraska it's like well listen though it's the reality of the situation bach and i know you hate hearing this but the expectations have changed right wrong or indifferent the expectations have changed it it is not we expect you to compete for a big 10 championship now it's just not the goal is eight wins legitimately an eight win season would make this fan base ecstatic yeah I, i would see you will obviously have your outliers, but for the most part, people will be enthused. Will be people, confetti falling from the sky, <laughs> literally. But if that would have been the case for Bo Pelini, th- there would have been riots in the streets. Yeah, I mean, it's just the expectations have changed. Whether we like it or not, it's just the reality of the program. But those have to be short-term expectations. I agree with they that. Can't, I, they, I do agree this with can't that. Can't turn into what Nebraska is long-term again, and it's the hole that that's kind of been dug there. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on the block. When we come back, Eric Strickland set to join us once again. Uh, we'll get into the NBA hitting the hardwood. Plenty going on there. Uh, that uh, that series between the Grizzlies and Warriors, um, flagrant twos, and you, you know. It, <laughs> I thought it was fascinating. Steve Kerr called out Dylan Brooks and said he broke the code of mm-hmm. basically a basketball yeah. player taking yeah. a swipe at a guy midair. Um, just fascinating stuff there. Also, Boston dominated uh, the Milwaukee. Makes you happy, Buck. Makes me really yeah. happy. And I, I still got to say it. I know a lot of people will disagree with me. But if if Giannis is the best player on the earth right now, and there's a lot of people that say, yeah, no doubt he is. He still is flawed enough that he doesn't dominate in a way um, as Kevin Durant or maybe LeBron James did when they were the best players on He's so, not at a LeBron James or Michael Jordan. No, level. at their no. peak. Uh, so we'll take a quick break here on 93.7 The Ticket and be back with Eric Strickland for Hitting the Hardwood coming up next on The Block. <laughs> 